Investor Creator teaches both seasoned and new investors how to buy the right houses at the right price anytime you want. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a sustainable six or seven figure investing business that changes your life without sacrificing your freedom? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All of this information is 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Investor Creator, where I tell you the truth about what it takes to become a high-level seven-figure real estate investor. Guys, we're now kind of near the end of January, and we've had a lot of stuff go on since the last time that I've spoken with you guys, so I just want to do a quick catch-up. And then we're going to go into the topic today, which I know is not going to make a lot of friends, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you the truth about what it takes to grow your business. And the topic today is why wholesaling sucks as a business model. You know, basically at the end of last year, we took some time and really looked at the business and what we had accomplished in 2018. We were really happy with what we'd done, but we knew that we could do more. I began to really analyze the transactions that were my favorite. It's like, okay, how can we do more of those really cream of the crop, easy deals, right? We all want to do more of those. So I was looking at them and almost all of them were just owner finance transactions. So they were the highest profit. They were the easiest to put together and they were certainly the easiest to sell. We kind of looked at that and said, you know, maybe we should really focus on creating the notes for this year. And so that's what we're doing. And so at the beginning of this year, it's like, okay, what do we do to do more deals? Well, obviously you ramp up the marketing machine. And so the first thing that I did was really talk to some people about, do we want to start doing the robo dial thing that everybody's talking about? Or do we want to do more direct mail, which we've done a ton of in the past? Or do we want to do more of the internet stuff? And so I really began to look at it and I ran into a guy that is doing national wholesaling, a really smart guy. I have to say he's one of the top wholesalers that I've ever talked with. Really nice guy. And I'm glad we're friends now. So if you're listening, I I appreciate your friendship. But we really started talking about this and what he was doing is really a national campaign for wholesaling. He was really upfront with what he was doing and, and how he was doing it and all of that. So basically about, I don't know, two weeks ago, we began to market in 127 different markets. So chances are, if you're in the United States listening to this right now, then I'm actually marketing in your market and we're lead generating there. So the idea is this. Number one, I had to create more motivated seller lead flow if I want to increase my deals. I know you're thinking, gosh, Brad, you must have really been a rocket science to come up with that. But for a lot of people, it's difficult to make the plunge into the marketing side. You know, it's like marketing is a cost. And guys, I have to implore to you that marketing is your first investment in this business. And it's your your best investment ROI, cash on cash. You cannot beat the marketing return. The basic idea was this. I had to create more motivated seller lead flow and I wanted to do it as cheaply as possible. So it's like, okay, if we are doing what we're doing in Nashville and we're doing what we're doing in Savannah, we've done it in Pittsburgh and Dallas and all these different markets, Little Rock, we're starting in Tulsa. But if we want to really crank it up, then let's just do a national campaign. And then our cost of acquisition per lead is going to go significantly down. Okay. So probably like one tenth the cost roughly but we can't really tell where these leads are coming from. So sometimes they're in like outlying areas that we really don't want and all this. So whenever I started this, it was really just a test. Like, hey, let's take a, you know, five grand or so, test it, see what we come up with. And, you know, so far it's done pretty well. So we have, I believe, five under contract right now, all out of state and all of them with some form of owner financing. And that's one of the things that we really 
I wasn't sure about at the beginning. It's like, okay, can we go into these markets, number one, and buy equity? Well, the answer is obviously yes. The bigger question for me is, can we go in and buy equity over the phone and get terms? So your best deals are going to be deals where you get a really great price and you get really great terms. Now, all cash at closing is not a great term for us, all right? We want owner financing or we want to buy subject to. I was really unsure if people would, they haven't seen us, they've talked to us two times on the phone, are they willing to leave the loan in their name and transfer title to us? The answer is an astounding yes, they will do that. So we're in the middle of that test now. We're trying to figure out, can we sell these houses with owner financing in states that I've personally never been to? And so we're in the middle of figuring all of that out. But we're in 127 markets right now doing our marketing, and we're also marketing locally like we always have, and we're having a lot of fun with everything. So as promised today, we're going to talk about why wholesaling sucks as a business model. And if you don't know what wholesaling is, wholesaling is when you get a really great price on a house. You have the house under contract. And instead of buying the house and selling the house, what you do is you just sell the contract. Okay, so to put numbers to the deal, if a house is worth $200,000 and you have it under contract for a hundred, then more likely than another investor would pay $120,000 for that house. You can just sell your contract for twenty grand, and that investor steps into your shoes as the buyer, and then they can go and close and do whatever they were going to do with the house. And you know that's been really the, the most touted strategy in real estate, I guess, probably the past ten years. And there's some successful investors that do that. And you know, there's no way to mess up a really great deal. But what I've found is that there are better ways than others to take deals down. And so we're going to talk about why wholesaling sucks. But before we do, I want to go into the deal of the day. So this transaction came across our desk, I guess, about six or so days ago. So this guy calls in and he says, hey, I inherited a house some time ago and now I have inherited another house, but I have to buy out an heir. So I need some money from the first house that I inherited to buy the second house. Can you guys come out and buy the house? So we go through the triage call, the call script that we use, and it looked like there was motivation both in the price that he gave us and the situation that he gave us. And so we decided to set that appointment. So my acquisition guy went to the house and on the phone, this guy asked for $70,000. Now we pulled comps and this is somewhat of a rural area, but I was really surprised at how the thing comped out. So there were, were properties not as good as his that comped out at, at 165. And so we really got into more of whenever we got to the appointment, it was really just a verify condition. Okay. So we were certainly fine with the $70,000. Now, the cool part is that the $70,000, we said, you know, we can do that. If we can do it another way, can we do it like this? We ended up buying that house for $15,000 down and $500 per month all financed by our seller because the property was free and clear and at 0% interest. So in nine or so years, we will have a free and clear underlying on that. And so it's going to turn out to be a, a pretty darn good deal. And we were happy to get it. So it really, that deal in itself kind of brings me into the topic of the day, which is why wholesaling sucks. And again, I'm not trying to ruffle feathers for the sake of, of ruffling feathers. You know, I try not to be antagonistic at least as much as I can. But I do think that it's important to understand the difference of wholesaling versus going retail versus owner finance and why people do each of those. Okay, so we're going to go into that. So I have my trusty calculator here and we're going to go through this exact same deal and that I just talked about where we bought it for 70000 It's worth 165000 in as is condition and how it would shake out if we wholesaled it 
how it would shake out if we took it retail, and how it would shake out if we owner finance the same property. So if you're a numbers person and you can do these things in your head, cool. If you're really not a numbers person, then it might make sense to grab a pen and paper and go through this with me. So we're going to go through the wholesale model first. So generally, wholesalers can sell a property for 70% minus repairs. So if the wholesaler wants to get a fee on top of that, then they're going to have to work that into the, the budget. The property is worth 165000 Pay 70% of that minus repairs. That's 115000 They only needed like $5,000 worth of work, okay? So we're going to take $5,000 off of that. An average rehabber would be okay paying $110,500 for that property. Okay, so we bought it under contract for 70. If a wholesaler had done this deal, then they would make $40,500. Now, guys, there's nothing wrong with $40,500, but we do need to keep in mind that that is ordinary income. And so if we take 30% of that for Uncle Sam, then we're at a net of $28,350. Hope you're with me so far if you're not rewind. But at the end of the day, our after-tax gain on this transaction as a wholesaler is $28,350. So another way to look at this is at the end of this transaction, I would have $28,350 to then go back into my business to begin to grow that cash, okay? Because we don't want idle cash because idle cash is just dead cash. It's a negative investment. It's a depreciating asset. So we want to take the cash and put it back to work. So 28350 on the wholesale side. Let's take a retail transaction, and we're going to do rough numbers. So the accountants, guys, I hear you. I'm going to skip some things, you know, but uh, just for easy numbers and the sake of the podcast, we're going to just go through the bird's eye view here. So 165000 retail. We usually do like a 10% discount off of that for closing costs, real estate commissions, and negotiations off the sales price. So that's times 0.9. 148,500, 5,000 in repair is 143,500. We're not going to really talk about holding costs because there's not that much the way that we structured the deal in the first place. So 143,500 minus 70,000, which is our purchase price. So we're at $73,500 as far as a gross profit perspective on this transaction. So 73,500. And we're going to take that because that's also ordinary income. 30% off the top. So we have a net of $51,450 to do this as a retail transaction, listing it on the MLS with a realtor and doing all that. So $51,450 is again, after tax, that's the cash that we can then go and put back into our business to reinvest. So we want to take the cash and reinvest. But let's look at it from an owner financing perspective. So Number one, if the property is worth 165000 as is on the owner finance, on the retail market, then it's worth 180000 on the owner finance market. I mean, different supply and demand curve. You have a lot of people that have cash and they need owner financing, but they can't get it because there's not enough properties that have owner financing out there on the market. And so you have like a really supply demand inequality. So price goes up. 180000 I would get 20000 down on this property pretty easily. Our average is twenty five. So at the end of the day, we would have a $160,000 note payable to us at an 8% face rate. So what I want to do is so far, we have a profit there of roughly $90,000, okay? But remember that the underlying is at a 0% rate. So we're going to fast forward five years. It used to be that the average American moved every 4.8 years. I don't know exactly what the figures are now. 
let's assume it's five. And in five years in the future, we get a call from a title company like we like to get. And they say, Brad, we need a payoff on 123 Main Street. Can you get us a payoff? And we say, absolutely. And we send it in. So again, we're the bank. We had five years ago, a $160,000 note and deed of trust payable to us. And so that $160,000 now needs a payoff. So on a 30-year loan, a five-year payment history would maybe take it from $160,000 down to probably around $155,000, okay? Because there's not much paid off on the front end because of the amortization, the difference in the principal pay down, okay? So $155,000. But we've gotten cash flow for five years. And what we're going to do on this deal is we're going to take the cash flow that we would get on the deal and just pay the underlying off. So in five years, that 70000 that we bought the property for is now free and clear. So we have a $155,000 cash payment to us in five years doing an owner finance transaction versus a retail. But that's pre-tax. But, you know, and I'm not a tax person, guys, so do not take this as tax advice. But I'm assuming that's a long-term capital gain. So we're going to take 15% off the top. So that would be $131,750 net. That's after tax. That's the net cash that we're going to get on this one transaction that we have no money in the deal. So remember, we paid $15,000 to our seller to buy the property, but we got $20,000 in cash from our buyer. So we don't have any money in this deal. We're actually positive five grand on the front end. So to recap, the wholesaler makes $28,000. The rehabber after tax makes $51,000. And the owner finance guy, over some time, he makes $131,000. So my problem, whenever I began to look at this more and more in my business, is this. Where am I, number one, let me back up. Do I want to wholesale this transaction for $28,000 net? The answer is no. $28,000 versus 51 versus 131. I think I'm going to toss the $28,000. You may think that that's pretty good. And for some people, you know, if you're just getting started and the cash means that much to you, it may be the best option for you. But for me, I don't want to go the $28,000 route. So the wholesaling option is out on this transaction. I do not want to do that. So let's look at the retail side. So I can take this house retail, get the cash today, and get $51,450 after tax. Now, guys, nothing wrong with $51,000. I've had worse deals than that, certainly. And, you know, anytime that I get 51 grand, it's not a bad day. So 51000 is fine. But the question is this. Where am I going to put $51,000 in cash today to make $131,750 in five years? And not only to do that, but to do it passively. You see, if I forego this retail transaction and the $51,000 today, then I'm going to make $131,000 at some point in the next five years, okay? Roughly speaking, because we don't know exactly when it's going to pay off. But where can I put $51,000 today? and turn it into 131,000 passively. Well, guys, even actively, that's pretty difficult. So number one, I would have to double the cash in a five-year period over two and a half times. I would have to double it and double it again and be halfway on my way to doubling it again within a five-year period. And so whenever I started looking at all my transactions that I've done, what I realized is that after all these transactions that I've taken retail, I would have been better off had I put taken and done the retail transactions as much as I needed to for cash needs, but kept all these owner finance notes. I should have kept more notes. And that's probably the biggest mistake that I've made the past 10 years is I didn't keep as much as I could have in note. 
But I say that we did quite a bit in note last year and we're going to do even more this year. So it's not like I don't have notes, but I would have been better off with some of my retail transactions going into notes. So, and I don't know what the kind of rate of return would be on a two and a half times doubled in five years, but I have to assume it's somewhere near 40%. So if you guys have a way to take $51,000 and make 40% passively while it being legal, then I may want to look at that. But for me, I don't know how to do that passively and legally. So I'm going to take and put as much into owner finance notes as I can. So this, I think, illustrates in a big way why wholesaling sucks. So the top three reasons, in my opinion, that wholesaling sucks. Okay. Number one, it's, in my opinion, difficult to scale. And I have friends of mine that do you know hundreds of transactions wholesale across the markets that they're in. But what I would submit to you is I have the sneaking suspicion that they probably net as much as a real estate agent would after they have all of their staff and all of their marketing and all this infrastructure that they have to have to, to do the, that type of transaction, those kinds of numbers. And so for me, you know, it just seems like a really wide funnel and just really inefficient because, you know, if you're doing 200 transactions to net $500,000, you might as well just go and sell real estate, in my opinion. You have the same transaction roughly that you're doing, and you don't have nearly the headaches when it comes to all the marketing costs and the infrastructure of staff and all of this. And I'd say it's probably less risky. So I'm not interested in doing 200 transactions to make $500,000 or even a million dollars. It just doesn't seem very efficient to me because we can do like 30 or 40 transactions in note and do over a million dollars, like easily, right? For me, the owner finance model just makes more sense. Number two, which I've already kind of touched on, the high cost of overhead marketing. You know, if you're doing mass mass wholesaling, then, I mean, it's a conglomerate. You have to have staff. You have to have marketing. I talked to a bigger wholesaler in the nation, and his average cost of marketing per transaction was over $4,000. I just thought that was insane. Mine is like roughly a fourth of that. But, you know, you spend $4,000 to get one good wholesale transaction and you're making somewhere around ten or 12000 as a, a general wholesale fee. And then you have your marketing costs come out of that and all your travel expense and you know, everything that you have as a business. It just becomes very, very inefficient. But for me, the biggest reason why wholesaling sucks is there's no cash flow. There's no cash flow. And a lot of coaches and teachers, real estate investors that they tout real estate investing is getting out of the rat race. And it it can be and it should be. But for me, what I would submit to you is unless you're building cash flow, you're not getting out of anything. You know, you can be a great rehabber and have a very, very, very high paying job. Like you can do a million dollars a year gross profit fairly easily in real estate as a rehabber. And you can do it, you know, sometimes as a wholesaler, like people do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you get sick or God forbid, you know, and I have life insurance, but God forbid I die. I want to leave something to my children and my wife that is going to be perpetual. So I want to create something that is going to outlive me. And a wholesaling business is going to be very, very difficult for somebody to step into that role. You know, God forbid I croak and my wife is like, oh, you know, let me go make some money because I know Brad did that. And, you know, oh, I'm going to be the CEO of a 250 transaction per year wholesaling company with no real estate experience. Probably not going to happen. But I think that she could step into the role of 250 notes and, you know, with a CPA, figure that out, right? It's like we have payments coming in, we have payments go out, we have cash flow pretty easy at the end of the day. So guys, I hope that makes sense. We are doing some coaching. We have mentees across the nation that are doing great, great things. So if you're interested in that, then be sure and email me at brad at bradsmotherman.com 
and I'll be happy to talk to you about that. Anyway, guys, hope this makes sense. Wholesaling sucks. Create your notes. If you have to do some retail transactions, that's fine, but stay away from the wholesale deals as much as you can because what you're doing is you're selling $131,000 notes that you could be creating once you understand how to create the financing and how to negotiate for $28,000. Now, for me, I don't like selling things that are worth $131,000 at $28,000, and I suggest that you don't either, so stay away from the wholesale deals. Have a good day. 